everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kirby, your political novice. And as always, I'm joined by the political savants, specialists, uh, superheroes in Diane and Tatton. Guys, can you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Tatton, and I'm definitely not a savant, but I'm here to help anyway. <laughs> and hi, I'm Diane. Uh, I am a bit of a wonder woman, um, but not politically. Um. <laughs> how have you guys been this week? We've been busy, Kobe, mm. is how we've mm. been. It's been non-stop uh, tr- tracking tennis players in Australia, pretending that there's been no cricket in Australia too. Um, <laughs> we've, you know, yeah, it's just a simple royalty. sports politics. Stay away from the sports stuff, guys. <laughs> away from that we've had royalty we've yep. had parties we've had politicians isolating yeah. it's been it's been pretty full on mm. and i i mean as, as i've been a follower of you guys for a couple of years now and even before getting to know you i felt i always felt sorry um when i saw a breaking news item i'm i have the bbc app and breaking news can happen anytime and i just feel sorry for you guys when it happens when you well, I think you must be sitting down for dinner with your families or, you know, in the toilet. What what happens on the simple positive side when a breaking news story comes in and you think, oh, I need to stop everything and put a post up? What happens? What goes through your mind? Well, uh, we, it's it's a question of one of us. One of us tends to be around. We'll chat on Slack. I mean, this week I, I, I've picked it up. Um, my girlfriend loves it when we're settling in to read our books in bed and I leap out of bed and sit and sit on my computer. And, do you uh, have a cup of and cocoa, of that. Tat, and this <laughs> I've got my hat on, my big kind of uh, Scrooge hat. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, because every post, like you don't, you can't just cut and paste the headline because you've got to read into what's actually going on so you can be useful rather than just repetitive. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a 24-hour job. Like I was working, I did some work on Christmas Day. Yeah. Like you don't, there's no break, but it's exciting. Like, like it's exciting what's going to happen next or miserable what's going to happen next. It depends <laughs> on, on how you're feeling. But I agree. It's, it is, it's absolutely the fun part of the job. You know, you never know what's going to happen or when you're going to get a breaking news alert. Tatton picked them up this week, which is amazing because my evenings are pretty much dominated by, by my kids. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even when I go for a run for an hour, I will take my phone because you just never know. Let's head over to the rest of the podcast, guys, starting off with a popularity contest. This segment is a look through last week's most popular posts in reverse order. And as we talked about, it's been a big week with a focus on Prime Minister, um, parties he wishes he hadn't attended. We talked about tennis, sports, and I'm not going to steal your thunder, guys. Where are we with the most, uh, with the third most popular post, Tatton? Well, the third most popular post was an image post. We very rarely share image yeah. posts, but I was fascinated when um, there was an urgent question in the House of Commons uh, about about this party, um, and the Labour benches were completely full. Every single Labour MP wanted to stand up and ask a question, and the Conservative benches were completely empty. And what's particularly interesting there isn't that Labour wants to ask questions, because of course they did, but how few Conservative MPs were there to show their support for the Prime Minister. They were distancing themselves from the Prime Minister. And that says a lot about where he is with his party. Of course, the next day was PMQs, and both sides were around, and he got a lot more support. It was very noisy, 
PMQs this week. But that urgent question on Tuesday really showed the the trouble he might be in. Yeah. Uh, what kind of comments do you get on that on that post? We, we got a lot of comments saying that um, we were clearly being a bit biased, displaying our bias by sharing this picture. I'm still not sure which side we were supposed to be being biased towards with the picture, but we're very bad people, apparently. Um, I think I think they mean Diane. I'm not a bad person. It's all Diane. Are you a bad person, Diane? You don't have to answer that. That's fine. I have my I have my moments. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In at number two, uh, Diane. Okay. In at number two was the smoking gun. It was the the email, basically, that ITV News got access to, which was the bring your own booze. There's a party in the garden, 20th of May, 2020, and. We learned a few things from that. We learned that it was um, sent to around 100 people. Um, actually, you know, numbers are about 30 or 40 who attended, but we learned it was that big, you know, the, the circulation of it. And it really was the kind of proof everyone was looking for, the evidence, um, to say that these parties actually, well, this one in particular, had definitely taken place. And the fallout from that's been just spiralling all week. What kind of comments could we have on that? Well, that was your late night breaking, Tatum, wasn't it? That was quite a late one on um, Monday evening, <laughs> was it, wasn't it? was a it? comment, Tatum screaming from a distance. It was. It, <laughs> it, it, it was quite a late one. So so the comments I saw were on the morning. So I was straight back. To, I took my candle with me <laughs> uh, back to bed. And uh, and then it's in the morning. It's just, just people are angry. Mm. People are really angry mm. and people are sharing their stories about what they were doing oh, yeah. that day. Yeah. And and it, I mean it's tragic. Like like whatever Boris Johnson was up to, you just reliving those memories of May 2020. Yeah. Like what a horrific time we all had. It was very sad. Mm. And you know, the at the urgent question the next the following day as well. You know, we had that. It's been shared a lot um, on social media and on the news. But, you know, some MPs visibly, visibly breaking down, sharing their mm. memories as well. Jim Shannon being the one that sort of sticks out and, you know, where he was just absolutely so choked he couldn't speak. So, yeah, some really emotional scenes this week. Tatum, you had a comment to make there. You know how we're talking about breaking news? Um, <laughs> oh. uh, we need to we need to do an update. Um, What's happened? So, guys, with a breaking news event, just as inside of baseball, we record on a on a Friday lunchtime, and the breaking news alert has just come through from BBC News. So, we're going to hold fire for one second and come back to you. The guys need to do the work and update you on Instagram. So, hopefully, you'll get this post shortly. Okay, guys. Well, that happened in a flash, but uh, believe you me, that was quite exciting for me to see how these guys operate when a breaking news alert happens. Uh, genuinely, we did not plan that, and. It's so fortuitous that it happened just after we talked about what happens after a breaking news event uh, comes through. I'm just really pleased that you got a window into the well-oiled machine <laughs> that is uh, that is the competent, uh, reliable, well-oiled machine that is simple politics. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I'm flabbergasted. Um, I feel privileged. <laughs> slick. Um, I think slick's the word you're looking for. It is absolutely well-oiled machine. Um, let's go to the number one most popular post this week, Tatton. Well, amazingly, in a week that had um, to all the all that was going on, actually the thing people wanted to talk about was Prince Andrew. Mm. And Prince Andrew, he was trying to stop a trial from taking place 
um, which is always a good look. He was trying to stop the trial from taking place on a technicality. And the judge said, no, you have to have a trial. And he was probably upset. He didn't make a comment, but if he did, I think it would probably have been, I'm very upset. And then the next day, so that was one post. <laughs> and then the next day, we had the Queen taken away all his stuff, all his toys had been removed and he no longer had military positions and he can't use the term His Royal Highness anymore. So he's going to face this trial as a citizen, as a regular citizen and um, not, I suppose it's a move to not sully the name of the royal family. Mm. And it could be the case that you're shutting the barn door considerably after the horse has been put on trial for horrible things. Well, I mean, the, f the first stage was a while ago, over a year ago, when the Queen and the royal family decided that he shouldn't participate in official events. So this is then the next step. It's interesting to see that, I don't know if this is the fly by the seats of the pants here, or there is a, a process that's written down somewhere that actually says, mm -hmm. if per, if royal person messes up, then do this first, then do this, then do this. I don't know what the next step is, but I don't know. Diane, is that... I don't know either. I don't know the workings <laughs> of, of the royal family at all, but there's a there's definitely a lot of talk about this being Jubilee year. And mm. so to deal with this quickly now in January, early January, it you know, it won't hopefully mar the rest of, of the what should be a really special year for the Queen. And everyone looks, everyone is looking forward to the extra bank holiday. So that's one of the things that's overarching here, isn't it? I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, it's overarching. We're looking for it. We've got a new pudding coming up, <laughs> the platinum pudding, which is exciting. But just to return to Andrew, mm. he had these things removed from him the day after it turned out he was going to have to go to trial. Yeah. So it's not about the things he may or may not have done. It's about the things he's going to be put on trial for. Yeah. And uh, but the fact they have to be on trial. So it's not... It's not a moral judgment by the Queen or, you know, the people around her. It's a judgment on being embarrassed. Because a trial will ultimately, because the prosecution will say he's done terrible things, mm -hmm. even though the defence will say, no, he hasn't, the prosecution will. And that's damaging to the royal family if he is a representative of the royal family, regardless of the outcome of the case. I'd like to, at this point, out just note to everyone who's listening and to... Instagram followers who are listening, there is a sister Instagram channel, Simple Politics US. Is that the is that the at mm -hmm. symbol? Um, at Simple Politics US. And this is where obviously this is the US based trial, and people in the US love the royal family. So this is a perfect storm almost. Uh, so I think a, a lot more of this content you will be seen on the uh, Simple Politics US channel. So if you guys don't know about it, head over there and follow the team there. Uh, Diane, what was the kind of comments on on this? Um, and I should say, as you said, just to clarify, this was a combination of two posts, both on the same topic, both reaching, you know, towards not put 60,000 likes, which is which is extreme even for this size, well, even for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge. And if I'm honest, what strikes me about a lot of this is actually a lot of people saying about time and it's the right thing to do. There was definitely that feeling. Um, but a lot of, of sympathy for the Queen, actually, of, of having to deal with this um, mm. and how it, it, you know, it's probably not a very easy thing to go through, you know, um, finding out this stuff about, you know, one of your children and having having to do this and, you know, st strip him of his titles, etc. So they were some of the responses that came through. 
I think there was some stuff about his daughters too. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's bad for the yeah. queen. It's hard for the queen, but but yeah, you know, these are two. They've, they've not had an easy time. People haven't always been kind mm. to those two in general, and now and now they have to deal with deal with this. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. Hello, I'm Sam Pay. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by, by Song, Song, where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, you might know him for his gravelly voice. <coughs> very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, guys, let's head over to the Thursday debate. Every week on the Simple Politics Instagram account, you set a debate on the Thursday evening. Uh, this week's debate was what makes a good apology? Tatten. Yeah, well, this this felt appropriate. It was, it, there was only really one story to do a debate around this week. And and it was Boris Johnson's apology. Was it people felt people felt that it, a lot of people suggesting there was a kind of apology that says, I apologize if you were offended rather than mm. I apologize for what I've done. Mm. That's the kind of thing I always say to my partner. I always apologize if she felt that I was out of order because clearly I, I'm not. <laughs> and yeah, we just wanted to see what people thought. I mean, it's, it's hard. I, I do those, I, I do the same crappy apologies myself. And as I'm saying them, I'm like, this is, I know what I'm trying to say. And it's not coming out that way. I am truly sorry, but at the same time, I can't get the words out properly uh, to apologize for me. So there is, it is, it is tough, but I, I don't know. I don't know. This is why we had the debate, surely. Yeah. Yeah. This could be educational for both of you. So listen up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes now. What we got? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> one word that stood out, like you know, if I had a point for every time it was there on the on the debate responses, I'd be very very rich. Um, was sincerity? That's the number mm -hmm. one thing that people wanted from an apology. Was it for it to be sincere, which makes complete complete sense. But here's a couple. I'll just pick three other comments. But one is my personal favourite. So one of them. Okay, uh, Amy on Instagram said, what makes a good apology? Changed behaviour. So not just doing the apology, but then actually mm. learning from it and changing your behaviour, which is interesting. This is very appropriate given what you've just said. Rebecca Sarah said, not including the phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way, but... And then going on, because that invalidates the apology. And then this is possibly... I mean, that's now known as the Kobe. The Kobe <laughs> apology. Oh, no. Is what that is. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that in my... No, in my, no, no. <laughs> Give that epitaph. back over the fence to Tatton, that one. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Is that going to be on my, on my tombstone? <laughs> yeah. Not even your name, just that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had um, a very deep comment that I think strikes to the heart of all this um, from Jen uh, on Instagram, who said that the best kind of apology is one that accepts that you may not be forgiven. And um, that's going to be particularly true, I think, for, for the PM. That, that's really deep. It's yeah. deep. It's yeah. deep. I think he's obviously it's, it's he's in between all the rocks and all the hard places at the moment, uh, the PM. So it'll be interesting to see how that manifests and spreads out over, over the next uh, days, weeks, uh, month or so. And I think obviously this, this leans into the story about the parties and people doing things that, that they shouldn't have been doing at a time when 
everyone was trying to be, you know, the feeling that, that people get away with things uh, unfairly. So, and I know we're not talking sports specifically, but the, the, the other big story that's been rumbling away is Novak Djokovic in Australia. And part of the discontent there is the fact that, hey, you shouldn't be there. Why are you there? I know you're defending your title, but under the laws and the rules, you shouldn't be there. So what are you doing there? And I think this is the common thing. I don't think it's an attack on Boris specifically from a from a part-time point of view. I think it's the fact that we were supposed to be doing this thing to protect the NHS, to protect the world, to protect every single person you know and love. And we, we people have missed out on it. But then a few outliers are doing things which go against the grain. And if we don't get at least proper apologies... I don't know where do we go as a, as a as a society. What Jen was saying about about not being forgiven is it's really it's really easy to just say sorry and think you can move on. Mm. And whether it's in your personal life or whether you've been at a party of twenty five minutes and not realised it's a party, um, you have to accept that things things might hurt too much for now, and they will get better. People people will over time it'll get mediated other things will happen and you know whatever but right now that pain that hurt mm. and Boris Johnson described it as though at fury is still very 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 live and more is needed than just one apology in the comments is there any of the comments you want to um, pick up on Diane to pull out one more out the bag there were you know hundreds which is great to see um we've got a guy pg 2090 i'm not sure if he's some sort of cyborg um but he says it's about apologizing <laughs> for the action not just the perception and that's another one that really you know stands out yeah i mean that's absolutely right from the tea drinking cyborg pg 2090 <laughs> again criticizing the kobe <laughs> Um, <laughs> apology. <laughs> so well done. Well done, tea drinking cyborg. <sighs> I'll never let it lie. Really, really not. <laughs> Let's head over to the bills, bills, bills section. Each week, Tatton takes us through a bill that's upcoming in Parliament next week. This week, it's something from the elections bill. What's this about, Tatton? So the elections bill is a bill that's there to tinker with elections and does all kinds of little changes. But the big the big part, part of it that you'll read about and will be all over the place on Monday is voter ID. So if this bill passes, which it will, um, people will need to show some kind of ID. I don't quite know what the criteria will be, but generally your passport, your driver's license, whatever, where you turn up to vote. Because right now, when you turn up to vote, you just give them your name and they go, here's a ballot sheet and you go and do it. And they say that we show ID all the time for all kinds of things. It's a really small thing to do. Mm -hmm. Voter impersonation is a bit of a thing. So why don't we just do this small thing and get rid of it? Like, done. And if you don't have any ID, the council will give you free ID to show so yep. it's so no one's excluded it's a really small step and we get rid of voter impersonation forever ta-da win critics though say that voter impersonation isn't really a thing it's almost zero in this country so why impose any extra hurdle to vote when it's such a small thing already yeah and also the people who have not got ID, the people who are least likely to have ID are disproportionately likely to be young or of colour or trans or whatever. And, and people who 
tend not to vote conservative. Mm. So people are saying this is gerrymandering. People are saying this is voter suppression and the Conservative Party are excluding people who might vote against them uh, by by introducing this measure. This is analogous to um, a lot of what's going on in, in the States, maybe not as extreme uh, in, some, in some certain states. I mean, I, I admit when I vote, each time I voted, I do kind of think, oh, is that it? You just want my name and, uh, okay, uh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I know, obviously, we're in we're in a we're in a country where it's less likely to happen. So I I, I do see both sides of the story here. Um, it's such a small step, but at the same time, any any step. And I can imagine those people. You've taken a walk to to the polling station. You've got there. You realise you left your purse at home. You left your wallet at home, and you think, "Oh, can I be bothered to come back later? Maybe not." So even though it's a small step, it might be a key step. But I don't know, Diane. Yeah, um, I've kind of come full circle on this. So I grew up in Belfast. Voter ID is a is a thing in Northern Ireland. It's just mm-hmm. done. Um, so when I came, you know, when I first voted in a council election in England, when I moved here, yeah, I I too was like really shocked that all I did was say give my postcode and the first line of my address, and that was it. But now I think having talked to people here in England and seen how hard it is to get people engaged with politics and outvote in any way, you know, the the thing of putting another barrier in there and an administrative barrier, you know, which most people hate filling in forms or having to go and do something or get a, collect an ID card, you know, um, mm. I, I can see, I can definitely see the side that says, why make it any harder for people? Okay. Random choice. We can go anywhere in this section, any topic that feels particularly relevant. Diane, what did you want to pick up on this section? Okay, so SP, the SP community love animals. This That's fact. That is a fact. Mm. It, at one point, October, I think last year, we had a bit of a spin-off for a month. That was Tatton's idea. We did SP animals. Um, it literally just was to cheer ourselves up for a month, really. That's why we did it. <laughs> and people would send in a, a, a picture of their pet and we'd put a funny one-liner under it and post it. And um, that was hugely successful and just <laughs> goes to show how much we love our animals, um, basically. And it was great. So we thought we'd we'd talk about fluffy ones and scaly ones and all sorts of ones today. So... Tatten, you've you've got this. Well, of course, um, Diane wants to talk about these things because they're fluffy animals, and I want to talk about it's going to be in the House of Commons. It's a very important, <laughs> serious um, point. Um, Diane undermining SP there yes. once again. Yes. Um, the animal sentience bill is in the Commons on Tuesday, I think it is, and it is the bill that says we think animals think, we think mm-hmm. they are sentient. So we need to act accordingly whenever we legislate. So it's it's going to set up a committee that will evaluate the impact on animals as we go. And uh, I mean, this is a bill, Parliament fans, listen up. This is a bill that started off in the House of Lords. Bills that start off in the House of Lords tend to be things that aren't very controversial, right? So So the House of Lords do all the heavy lifting and then it rushes through the Commons in like a day or two because no one's going to make particular changes to it. So this is not a controversial bill. Mm -hmm. Most people would agree that animals have brains. They haven't seen my cat who does not have a brain, (laughs) but that's just Will's for you. So committee's going to be set up. It's all going to go through. Hardly anyone disagrees. I was on Google 
I mean, in the library doing serious research, <laughs> I was on Google and the Countryside Alliance don't seem to like it very much. And they, I mean, you know, it's Countryside Alliance who are very pro country sports, which do often involve ending the life of animals. Yeah. So they might be slightly not so keen on talking about how clever and emotionally intelligent a pheasant is, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the reason they've given they don't like it. The reason they've given they don't like it is that um, any extra committee in the legal process, in the lawmaking process, slows things down and this is just a pain in the ass. Mm. Surely not every piece of legislation will have to go through, though. You know, there'll be there'll be some things, surely, that will just be in, you know, there's no impact whatsoever. What, what doesn't affect animals? Hit me. Putting a cap on universal credit. What, so people can't afford cat food? <laughs> but really, is it going to be that? This could that? be a game. Go on. Yeah. Test yeah. me out. Try me. Is, is it going to be... You know, yeah. everything. Everything. Oh, wow. Why you want to stop cats eating, I don't know, Diane. It just seems, it seems cruel. <laughs> My cats have gone very fussy, actually. Um, and will only eat a certain named brand, which is very annoying. Oh, so that's, that's very BBC of you. Yeah, it was, yeah. Other cat foods are available, <laughs> even though you didn't mention the cat food. I like it. I've not got much to say in this, but I, yeah, it doesn't seem very mm. controversial, apart to apart from, like you say, a certain subset of people who want to potentially shoot pheasants. Um, but we've, I thought we've evolved. I thought we have these like flying, flying clay discs that people can shoot if they want to. Listen, people, people want to do these things and it's something that's been happening for centuries mm -hmm. and it's their way of life. You know, like, and it, it seems, if you know, if, if you remember the country, it seems bonkers that you can um, kill pigs every day, you can run a farm mm -hmm. and kill cows and kill pigs and do all that kind of thing. And then, I mean, why shouldn't you shoot a pheasant? People, they do eat pheasant. Like, it's not like that there's no food in it. Like, and it's how things have been done for centuries. Yeah. And a lot of the country lines feel quite a lot of pressure being put on them by MPs who they see as being representing cities and towns. And they are a minority, it's not who aren't considered. But like I say, they're not putting forward an argument against the bill on terms of animals. They're, they're putting forward a procedural argument against. Okay, final section this week, uh, crystal ball. What will be the big stories coming up in this week diane i haven't got any further than talking about the pm to be honest um so i think this it's is like you've, be all you've shotgunned the obvious here haven't you i have <laughs> yeah I, I know the answer um yes yeah, it's, it's got to be more about boris johnson you know there's talk of letters of no confidence that you know backbench committees talking amongst themselves so you know who know who knows what next week will bring i've been quite interested to see who's been the quietest out of the mm. out of the standard players in the um in the, in the tory party i'd like to see if they i'd be quite interested to see if start some of those guys start to um become more prominent in the next week or so tatton what have you got in the crystal ball section well i think that i mean boris the boris johnson story is not going anywhere we've not seen him since pmqs mm. um he's isolating after a member a close contact got covid because he hasn't read the rules about who has to isolate. He's just decided to isolate. I'm not going outdoors because I know someone who has COVID. Mm. So we've not seen him. I think we might get this report next week, the Gray report, the report from the inquiry into what these parties might be. What 
we might also get is much more talk about the number of people dying within 28 days of a positive COVID test. Because we have had some serious, in the last, it, people have not been paying attention to it because there's been other things going on. But the last three days in a row have been levels of deaths we've not seen since February. Right. And what that is, is the high case numbers we had before Christmas, New Year's, filtering through the system because it takes a while to go into hospital. And then if you're going to die, tragically, then it's going to take a little bit long for that to happen. And um, it's quite serious. And I think that like, it's just, just as much of a tragedy for someone to die today from the pandemic as it was to die two years ago from the pandemic. And it's quite, it, it, these are big numbers. Now, hopefully, because the case numbers are coming down now yep. and the hospitalization numbers have plateaued, hopefully we'll have a high few days and then they'll go away again. But if we don't, if, if this 300 plus a day keeps going, it's going to be a big news story next week. Uh, well, we'll keep a track of those. Last week, the crystal ball question, uh, points you guys made were, Diane, you talked about Novak Djokovic. That's been uh, in and around, maybe not to hit the, the highs of the uh, Simple Politics Instagram account, but it's been commented on. And also, uh, Tatten said it's going to be COVID in some way, shape or form. No prizes there for you. Uh, well, no, I was right. I got it wrong. I like, it, like, no one's been talking about COVID at all. I mean, apart from, you know, as a background to the actual stories. Sure. I got that wrong. And I expect to probably get it wrong this week. I mean, you may have noticed I kind of just said COVID again for next week. So don't even come to me. Like, next week when you are, I'll just me. say COVID. It's going to be COVID every time. Don't at Tatten, guys. Um, Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kobe, uh, joined by Tatten and Diane. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Please do follow us, guys, on Instagram. We are at Simple Politics. And do, if you enjoy this episode, do subscribe on on the app that you listen to this right now and tell tell two friends. Tell two friends. Tell them to listen. uh, Tell them to get engaged. Look out for the uh, Thursday debate because we read out the best comments and we'd love to get your comments and read them out in the coming episodes. So thank you very much and have a great week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.